0: Welcome to Ghostly.
1: And our Christmas story episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is our Christmas episode. And Rebecca, um, when you are like going through the channels on TV and you see a Christmas special,
1: mm-hmm. what
0: would you expect to to get out of this Christmas special? Like what are some of the key elements of a Christmas special?
1: Well, okay, if we're going with uh, what, Modern day traditional Christmas would be so there's a girl from the big city and she's arriving back home in her small town and she's not married. And well, no,
0: well, what
1: (laughs) I'm describing the plot of every
0: Hallmark Christmas movie. You are, you are. Well, what I think of like if I came upon a Christmas special on TV, I would expect Christmas carols,
1: yeah, warm, fuzzy feelings,
0: yeah. Well, the Christmas Carol. I mean, I just oh, I, I gotcha. just want to say that we're not going to be singing any Christmas carols in this. This gotcha. is a ghostly Christmas right uh, special. So, what that means is ghost stories, and we got this from an old English tradition of uh, reading ghost stories or telling ghost stories around Christmas time, usually like Christmas Eve or something, and they would yeah you know, I'm picturing like uh sitting in front in front of the fireplace, maybe you know telling some yeah, you know, telling maybe one not so scary one for the kids, mm-hmm. and then when the kids go to sleep, they all just try to scare each other, I think <laughs>
1: I think so no when you look back at at old uh old stories, I mean that's exactly what you find is a lot of ghosts, a lot of hauntings, a lot of horror.
0: Yeah. So what we have decided is that over the last couple of years, we've done this at least, we are just going to tell ghost stories. We're not going to debate the ghost stories. We're just going to give you a few ghost stories for your Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's our Christmas gift to you.
0: Yeah. So uh we uh so what's been going on with you Rebecca? Sorry.
1: Well, no, that's okay. I just wanted to make a quick announcement. I know um uh, you know our schedule's been a little different, but uh but we are going to move ahead with our ghostly book club and I will be sending out the uh new book, the next book uh ah, after Christmas, right after Christmas, so before the new year.
0: <laughs> good. And this one I'm actually going to read. Yeah, I, I hope yeah. so.
1: It's I'm really <laughs> excited about it. And um uh, I it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good enhancement to yeah. a future episode. So yeah.
0: And that's really what we want out of the book club is to kind of go along with episodes that we're gonna be doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: um, where can they find out about the book club?
1: So if you go to ghostlypodcast.com and go to our book club, you will find out um, a, find a way to sign up. Yeah. so that you don't miss anything um and then uh once we we announce the book, I will also post it
0: up awesome there. awesome um so yeah we we have a lot of stories for you today um but we are gonna start off with a shout out
1: shout out
0: now the way you can get a shout out on ghostly there's two ways right mm-hmm. uh you could either buy us a coffee on um on dot coffee.com. You could you could actually go to Ghostly Podcast as well. There you go. Ghostlypodcast.com. Click on buy me a coffee. Send us a coffee and you will get a shout out. But another way, a way that uh really helps us grow too as a podcast is to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Yeah. So we we got another five-star review. We did? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, this is from, uh, this is going to be a really bad shout out because I don't know what what this is, but uh, JVA9929.
1: All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this person is. So. That's
1: good. That's people we don't know are leaving us five-star reviews. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: That is definitely. But I really appreciate the review. Uh, and I feel like I know the person after reading the review too. Uh, so... It's, I am a newbie to this podcast. I absolutely love how the listeners are able to incorporate their own point of view in some way. The clash of history and ghost stories definitely keeps me thinking. I am sad that the Pat Facts jingle or giggle, because it says giggle. But, I,
1: yeah, but I'm thinking they meant jingle.
0: Yeah, but I do have a a giggle.
1: <laughs> so it could be that, too. It's possible,
0: uh, the Pat Facts jingle is not in all the past episodes. LOL. But overall, I would definitely recommend this podcast to anyone and everyone. Hmm, hashtag Team Believer. Yes. They always got to throw that in there at the end. They get me Course. so excited, and then. But let they me like down. Pat
1: Facts. We have to tell Mondo.
0: Yeah. Oh, I I do all the time. <laughs> I, I let him know. Um. So, do we have listener mail?
1: We do have listener mail. Yeah. And you know what? Because I, I always uh, forget to include this um, at the beginning. Please send us your ghost stories. Yes. We love them. So excited. I, I can't wait to read them. Um, we do try to respond. So, so definitely email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com with your story. You can also just submit through the contact form on ghostlypodcast.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 630-448-2138 or our favorite, send us physical actual snail mail.
0: Snail mail, yeah.
1: PO box number 264, Geneva, Illinois 60134.
0: And you can get all this information on ghostlypodcast.com at the very bottom as well.
1: You got it. All right, so this is titled Houston, ha- oh, sorry, Haunted Houston
0: House. Haunted Houston, Houston We House. have a problem. Haunted
1: Houston House. Uh, it all started 40 years ago this summer by Lisa
0: Ooh, okay. Ooh. I like that this one actually has a title to it. That's this, we, don't, we don't often get a title.
1: It's very exciting. Okay. All right. Um, it is the 40th anniversary of moving into a haunted house. 40 years ago this summer, when I was 13, my family moved to Texas from California to a two-story house in the suburbs of Houston in 1980 at the height of the Texas oil boom. As a child, our house was Or sorry, our family were corporate nomads moving every few years. So I had lived in many houses, Oklahoma, North Carolina, California, and more. At the time, I didn't realize it, but I do have a psychic sensitivity to the energy of houses or buildings and and can especially sense negative energy. This Houston house was 13, and it was the first house that I had lived in where the children's room was on the second floor and the master suite was on the ground floor. We moved into the house in August 1980, the summer before my eighth grade year, to what I would call a haunted house. The house was built in 1967, so it was 13 years old, just like me, and it, but it felt far older and had not been cared for. My room was on the second floor, farthest from the stairs. As night would fall, the, seat, the house seemed to come alive with a negative energy, and when I was in my room, I felt I was being watched. In the corner of my eye, I could see shadows or a figure just outside my room. I tried to sleep in my bed, but felt that I had to face the door and never felt comfortable with my back to the doorway. I developed insomnia and could not sleep in my bedroom, so I would creep into my parents' bedroom and sleep on the uh, floor of the bedroom near my mother. As you can imagine, it is rather odd to have a teenager sleeping on the floor, so my parents were rather perplexed. I did not tell my parents that I felt a presence, but I did tell my parents that I felt uneasy in the room alone. I would sleep on their floor each night. It was the only place I felt safe. I would wait until after midnight so they would see me sleeping on the floor. This continued for the next year or so. Finally, I was able to adjust to the atmosphere of the house, even though the second floor had an odd energy. Four years later, I experienced my first paranormal experience at the house when I was a junior in high school. I was getting ready for school in our second floor bathroom that was between my room and my younger brother's room. It was still dark outside, about 6.15 a.m., And I was putting in my hot rollers. I remember those. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was the height of fashion to have curled hair back in the 80s. Oh, yes, it was. As I was clipping a, a roller into my hair, a disembodied voice said, hello, cheerfully in my ear. I could feel the breath of the young male voice And it was as though someone or something was behind me and whispered into my ear. Immediately, I thought it was my younger brother, so I said a few choice curse words. (laughs) I ran into his bedroom, but I could tell he was truly asleep. It was not him. How odd. The voice was a young man, but it was not my brother. For some reason, I did not say anything to my family. Years later, when I was at college at UT Austin, we discovered that all of us had experienced the ghost except my father. One day, my mother mentioned that when she was cleaning our guest room, which is on the second floor across from my bedroom, she heard a male voice say hi to her, but she felt silly to mention it to us. Only when my brother came downstairs yelling that he had heard a ghost did she tell us. My brother said that he heard a male voice saying hi to him as well in our office, which was on the second floor across from my brother's room. My brother was opening the dictionary and the voice came from the book. I told my family I too had experienced the high ghost. (laughs) I like that that's the name for it. Mm. My father laughed and thought that we had just heard our neighbors and thought it was all in our head. My father did say that when he was doing yard work, he found old fashioned nails and thinks our suburban house was built on an old homestead. We lived in the house for 25 years, but I did not miss it when my parents sold the house. I wonder if the new owners have the same negative feeling. During the internet age, I have tried to find out if my neighborhood had a past ranch, homestead, or farm. Many German immigrants did move to the west side of Houston in the 1800s, so perhaps it is the ghost of a young man with unsettled business. Part, Part of me wonders if it was negative energy that was pretending to be positive. The house always gave me an unsettled feeling, and my best friend also felt that the house had a negative energy. Perhaps one day I will find the real source of the high ghost. I will continue my research and search for the answer of my paranormal experience of meeting a friendly ghost, or was it friendly? As a side note, I have experienced vivid dreams, the scent of a departed loved one, and other paranormal experiences, but that was the most shocking. I do feel I'm a bit of an empath and can feel energy of others, but mostly with houses, buildings, and even the land. I have more stories to share. Ooh.
0: Wow. I can't wait for more stories yeah <laughs> that was good that was good
1: yeah i like the hi ghost yeah <laughs> <laughs> excuse me hi
0: ghost yeah it didn't have to be a high-pitched high I no know. it was a teen teen male yeah. so hi <laughs> hi <laughs> <laughs> time for <a> change <laughs> Okay, so uh, we don't need to do the polls because this is the Christmas episode.
1: Okay, okay. Now I know that we're we're being friendly today, but yeah. we should really do the polls. I mean, otherwise, all these people voted and then wait, they have to wait extra long to find the if, results out.
0: But if we do the polls, there's a chance I lose.
1: Yeah, yeah, there yeah. is.
0: Oh, I don't like that chance.
1: <laughs> well, you've won mm-hmm. the last two, so.
0: All right, all right. <laughs> so what do we got?
1: All right, so uh, the our previous episode was Is the Kennedy Family Cursed? I uh, had a lot of good people posting about this one online, uh, and the poll results were 55.6% said, yes, they oh, are cursed. Man. And 444 So I just edged, edged so you out on that I, one. You know...
0: I, I was hoping to win three in a row. That was like my my little inside your, your goal. Your three-peat? Yeah, I was going to three-peat. Yeah, three-pat. <laughs> but I didn't. I, I, I lost.
1: Yep, because they're cursed, man. That family is
0: cursed. Uh, I still don't believe that, but... Anyways, we're not going to debate this episode. No, no, friendly family Christmas ghost story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, So we have a lot of stories. We're going to trade off telling stories. Uh, Rebecca, do you want to go first? Ladies first? Uh, Or you want me to go first?
1: I think you should go first this time.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, So my first story is going to be about a place called Hartford Castle. Uh, It is in. It is near Alton, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, in a small town called Hartford.
1: There you go. Oh. <laughs>
0: actually, the name of the castle was not Hartford Castle. It was oh. Lakeview Castle ah, okay, or Lakeview. But uh, that's what it's nicknamed, Hartford Castle. Uh, so this story spans like a lot of time, though, actually. It starts in 1897 when Benjamin... Byzant sounds good. Uh, He was a French immigrant. He constructed the castle, Uh, and this castle was like, it was a very expensive castle. Let me just tell you, it was
1: (laughs) in Alton, Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like where you wouldn't expect a castle, there was a castle.
1: Cornfields, soybean.
0: Absolutely, it was. It was considered like their dream house. Okay. Complete with crystal chandeliers, gazebos, Ooh. a moat.
1: What? Yeah, a moat
0: and a stone bridge.
1: Wow! Everything.
0: Yeah, real. I mean, seriously. I mean, like when you <laughs> when you think of building a castle, you always joke about the moat, but there's actually there was actually a moat there. That's
1: crazy. That who? Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, um. Yeah, they. Um, They built this up. It was really nice. Um, Gazebos all over the place. And, you know, like I'm reading that it had concrete creations of animals. Oh. So, like, I'm picturing like a statue of concrete you know I, I don't i don't understand what that means necessarily but that's what it is I,
1: i'm thinking like a gargoyle but with yeah, animals Maybe. or but, like the lions at the library in chicago or not the library the uh, art institute in oh, chicago oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, by the way this comes to us from hauntedillinois.com oh. which is a great site to great. find all haunted stuff um, you know especially around halloween and stuff they they, they really do a great job um, thank you hauntedillinois.com uh, anyways, so yeah, so they built this dream house of theirs, and they lived there in splendor and happiness until in the early 1900s, Bizant's wife died. Mm. So, um, and he wanted to return her body to England. I guess she was English, okay. so um, he did that, and then after that, he just. Kind of lost interest in the dream house, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a dream house if your wife isn't there, you know, yeah, and um but supposedly she remained at this house
1: what
0: yeah, let's go a little bit further in time with this story, though, okay, okay? so during the prohibition, there was this abandoned castle there. So these gangsters started using it as a speakeasy.
1: Okay, so eventually, like he moved out or just abandoned yeah. it, whatever, died. He something. moved to California,
0: actually. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, okay, gotcha. But okay, so, so no one was living there. No gangsters one was living moved there. In, Prohibition, got it.
0: Yeah, so they just took it over, like, and whatever, man, made it no a speakeasy. Yeah. Now I love mobster stuff, right? But I didn't know why they called it a speakeasy. Do you know why they call it a speakeasy?
1: I can't. If I knew, I don't remember.
0: So usually, um, speakeasies are located like on the second floor of an actually established business or in the basement. So you have to speak easy because it's illegal. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Interesting. Just a little hashtag Pat fact. Pat's Fact. Point of view. Facts. Facts. it all to you.
1: Facts. Facts. Facts.
0: Nice. <laughs> that wanted to throw in there. Um, so, yeah. So, this castle was used during the Prohibition. Um, gangsters flocked to the place. And um, music w- would would radiate out of this place.
1: That's got to be pretty loud because it's They didn't big. need to speak
0: easy here, though, because it was its own property. That's
1: true, with a moat.
0: With a moat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the moat dried up.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: There all was right. an island, too, actually, uh, in the moat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, it was like its own river or something like that. Okay, anyways, um, so yeah, so it was the perfect place for their speakeasy, Um, according to sources, the booze here was provided by the Shelton brothers for a brief time, but it's day as a speakeasy were numbered and the resort was later closed down. Mm. And then a family moved into it and they lived there till 1964. Okay. So while the family was there though, this place had become like a, its own, um, tourist attraction.
1: Well, sure. Right? I'd go, th- I, I can't, I well, number one, I can't wait to go to Alton. There's a lot of haunted stuff down there. But two, I'd want to drive by the castle if I was, hang- you know, just well, by- surrounded by cornfields.
0: No, they didn't just drive by there. Oh. They would, people would like go there and just walk on their property at all hours of the night.
1: Oh my gosh, cuz they were used to it being abandoned and like
0: yeah, yeah. you know, th- that was like I don't know, just a place where people would go. Oh. Teenagers would of course go there and, you know, find their own little lovers lane. Wow. Or, you know, go there to drink, keeping up with the drinking there. And um people would even break into the house. And not like steal things, but they would just like go looking through the rooms.
1: Wow. Like the family
0: would find people in their house <laughs> just so looking crazy. through the rooms in the castle. Wow. So uh, eventually, 1964, um, the owner the owner died and his wife moved back into Wood River, which I guess is where she was from. Mm. Um, so they wanted to rent out the property because they, they really loved it, right? They wanted to rent it out, um, but they weren't able to... And um, the house just, you know, kind of, it it got vandalized. Um, People started breaking things in there. Um, It just was really bad. It it soon began crumbling into ruins and the lawn became thick and overgrown by 1971. The house had fallen into disrepair and was showing signs of damage from thieves and vandals. The cruelest blow came the following year when intruders gutted the residents, ripped mantles from the fireplace, broke windows, and using a small telephone pole as a battering ram, smashed huge holes into the plaster wall. The senseless and stupid destruction led to the house being officially condemned by the county inspectors. And then the final blow came on March 21, 1973, when it burned to the ground, an alarm was sounded, but by the time that the firefighters arrived on the scene, only a only a tall chimney and burning embers remained of the once grand mansion. Wow. So, um, there was a white gazebo that that stood for years where Lakeview once rested, but it too now has passed through time. Wow. Uh, The site can still be found in a cluster of thick woods and brambles just off New Pogue Road on the other side of Hartford. Only those who know of the place would have any clue that the ruins of the estate still remain as broken columns, a few pieces of shattered statuary, and the dim outline of the castle's moat. Wow. So that's not really a ghost story, though, right? That's just a sad story.
1: It is. I mean, it's a sounds like a very ghostly place, though.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually going to read right from Haunted Illinois the last paragraph because they sum it up perfectly. Okay.
1: Let's let's hear it.
0: This is a place that has been truly lost by time, and one that, according to legend, remains haunted by the Frenchman's wife even today. There are those who maintain that her spectral form can still be seen wandering through the remains of the estate and that her voice can still be heard as she weeps for the life and the wonderful home that she lost. Others insist that old-time music can still sometimes be heard as well. They say that it floats through the trees and above the fields on summer nights when the crops are tall and when sound seems to carry for miles. Perhaps in another time and place, Lakeview still stands, And the party still continues, beckoning to all of us from a distant memory that is now long since forgotten.
1: That's great. Yeah. I love picturing that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So they believe that she still haunts the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, understandably, you know.
0: And we will put a link to the article that we got this from uh, in the show notes. Right?
1: Oh, yeah. All the all the sources that we use for episodes, um, especially this one, um, will definitely be in our show notes. So you can check it out as well.
0: Mm. Now, I think that means that you are up, Rebecca.
1: I am. So I'm going to talk about the Axeman's Bridge. Ooh. Yeah. So this is in Crete, Illinois. Oh, we have a listener in Crete. Oh yeah. Cool. Mill I hopefully they'll write in and let us know if they've ever yeah. heard of the Axeman's uh story. So there is a um there is a a, a couple of bridges in Crete, Illinois and uh and the, the current one that people drive on looks very pleasant and nice. But a few yards to the northeast, however, mm. is a rickety <laughs> old bridge. Um that's tagged with graffiti.
0: That was my nickname in college, by the way. <laughs> Crickety Old Bridge.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's got graffiti on it. Um and uh lots of you know, teens hang out there. I guess we get another teen hangout. Um and uh, there's also the remains of a hidden home in the trees, um, and the road is closed.
0: Like a tree house?
1: No, no, no. Just like oh. a house, but it's in the in the woods, oh, basically. Man. So, um, it, it, it's kind of hard. I mean, this is a legend. So, we're guessing that this is the area where the legend. Where the X-Men were? Where the Axe-Ax-Man. Uh-huh. One man with an axe. You know, yeah, you, you were saying the other day how much you want an axe. A-X-E-Ax. Uh-huh.
0: So, like Wolverine and <laughs> Cyclops.
1: And- <laughs> Okay, okay. So the um, there's two competing accounts for this particular story and both by people that I really like and appreciate. So I don't want to like pick between them. So we'll just kind of give both of them. Okay. Um, so there's a, a book called, or it's in a book called Windy City Ghost by Dale Kuzmarek, um and also Weird Illinois by Troy Taylor. Love both of those people, both of those books. So check them both out. Um, but obviously, a little bit of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a legend. So we don't know which one's for sure. Sure. Um, so Dale Kaczmarek, um, the axe man, was a lonely old hermit who killed a pair of kids he caught trespassing on his property. Their friends, waiting safely on the road, uh, dared the two boys to run from one side of his bridge to the other.
0: Is this Hansel and Gretel?
1: <laughs> the version found on the internet and related by Troy Taylor tied the Axeman's tail to the abandoned house in the woods. The man who had a history of abusive behavior chopped up his family and then set fire to his house. Lovely. Um, and then um like others add that the axeman then killed the deputies that came to investigate the fire. Wow. Now I'm gonna say there's actually another version of this story.
0: How could there be another version of the story? Slightly
1: different, slightly different. Okay. I just think this one is really gruesome. So warning, okay? This is from Illinois Haunted IllinoisHauntedHouses.com. Okay. <laughs> the story of this haunt is that a man killed his wife, kids, and two policemen with an ax in the 1970s before hanging their bodies from meat hooks in his shed.
0: As one would do.
1: As one does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wonder what he was going to do with them.
1: I don't know. I don't was know. Was he like
0: prep, prepping them Pre-pre- to eat? Like let it's Christmas. Okay. Right. Well, right. well,
1: that's right. This that's what we do for Christmas. This yeah. is what we do, yeah. right? He oh. ran so supposedly then he ran from I guess more cops came. Uh, when they found out about as all of the, as they do. <laughs> and the cops shot him in the woods near the small bridge. This is where the bridge comes in. Oh. So there's the house, the bridge. He dies at the bridge. So the house is gone, supposedly, but they you know, that they say that the bridge and the woods, that area um are still haunted. Witnesses have reported hearing children screaming or laughing, seeing the apparition of a crying woman, strange lights coming from the woods, and the sound of someone running. Now I have a post from someone um, in 2006 on terrifying tales. Okay, blogspot. dot com. So, you know, we don't know if okay. this is a true thing, but this is what this person wrote.
0: All right. Okay.
1: Axeman's bridge. I will never forget the night that me and a group of my friends decided to check this place out for ourselves. Located in the middle of the woods in Crete, Illinois, Axeman's Bridge was often a place that people dared one another to go out to. Years ago, a man built his home in, in for his family in those woods. Word had it that he flipped out one evening and killed his entire family with an axe on two bridges. Again, different version of the story. Uh, one is the I-Beam Bridge, which made up part of the driveway, and the other is on Old Post Road. From what I know, the house was torn down, but parts still remain. I was a junior in high school the year I became brave enough to go out there. Five of us packed into my friend Brian's car on a Friday night after the football game. The closer we got, the denser the woods became until there was nothing around except trees. We knew we had arrived when we got to the first bridge. From what I saw, there was a lot of graffiti on it. Just as we drove over the middle section, the car stalled. This really freaked us out because everyone said that happens when you go there. It was pitch black out and all we could see were the eyes of the animals watching us and a light out in the woods, just a single light out in the middle of nowhere. We heard screaming and sounds coming from all around the car. Brian looked like he was going to cry and the rest of us were pretty much the same. The car started after a few minutes and we got the heck out of there. I changed that word a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> I never went back and the five of us never talked about what happened. when We experienced that night at the X-Men bridge. Wow. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Wow. And there, there's other, you know, stories out there that people have posted about what happened at the X, or what they've seen at the X-Men's bridge.
0: Hmm. Wow. Wonder if Wolverine was there. I'm sticking with the X-Men. Okay. The X-Men bridge sounds better than <laughs> bodies being hung the up. X-Men's
1: by... bridge. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, you know, I think now would be a great time for a break. Sounds good. So we'll see you in a minute.
1: Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world, whether you're a hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear.
0: Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. (laughs)
1: Okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, They just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website. And send us any ideas that you have for new merch.
0: Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you and your ghostly gear. Alright, we're back. And uh so you read the last one, so it's my story now. It is. My story comes from the emerald isle dot com.
1: Ooh, we're moving
0: or dot ie.
1: Oh, right. Well we're moving across the pond or for and the canal and the I don't we're going to Ireland.
0: Yes, we are going to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> As we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh Reminiscent of our Dublin episode. Yes. This one is called The Faceless Lady. Ooh. It's got a title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was a famous beauty who lived in Belveli Castle overlooking Cork Harbor in the 17th century. So we're going way back now. hmm And word of her... Ethereal comeliness spread far and wide. It reached the ears of a local lord by the name of Clan Rockenby, and he declared he must have her for his wife. Ooh. Her name was Lady Margaret Hodnett, and although she was quite fond of her own reflection in the mirror, she didn't find Lord Rockenby I love that name <laughs> to her taste at all. So however often he asked for her hand in marriage, as often again did she refuse him.
1: She's like, You're not your name may be rockin Bee, but you're not Rockin'
0: Me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> After the last humiliating refusal, rockin Bee decided to take her for his wife, whether or not she felt so inclined, and he roused up his armies and went to war. Whoa! He reckoned the Hodnets, pampered so long in lap of luxury, would fold over easy enough before his show of arms.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, he couldn't have been more mistaken, for they held out in their castle for a whole year before opening their gates to him. Can you imagine they had, like, food for a whole year? That's some serious prepping going on there. Dude,
1: that is some serious prepping.
0: <laughs> Upon entering, he went directly to his bride-to-be, but was appalled to see how thin and shriveled she had become out of starvation. His lust thwarted, and in rage, he smashed her favorite mirror just before her brother ran him through with a sword. Wow. Wow. After this, Margaret went slowly insane. And she went from mirror to mirror to see if her luscious beauty had returned, but it never did. And she lived out her days, never leaving the castle. Local legend has it that her ghost still roams the halls and gardens of the castle, sometimes wearing a white veil.
1: Ah, this is why I picked this story for you.
0: (sighs) (laughs) The woman in white. Sometimes she had no face at all. Her shade sometimes rubs a place on the wall as if touching a mirror, and that spot on the stone is smooth. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So this is in Cork Harbor. Wow. Um. It's it. Yeah.
1: Wow. What was our source for this one?
0: This was the Emerald Isle. Oh right. Dot IE. Sorry. And we will definitely put it in the show notes uh, where you can see a map of the area and um, some videos that they have, too.
1: Yeah, it's a um, that's a crazy story. I mean, just imagine, you know, so it's like someone is like, I want to marry you. And you're like, no, I'm sorry. And then they basically come and attack your house for a whole year. You can't leave. You barely survive. But obviously not looking so hot after that year. Yeah. And then the guy's like, oh, well, now I don't want you.
0: <laughs> isn't that isn't that always how it goes? Though, right? uh, but
1: I'm I'm happy the brother took revenge. That's some but still
0: tragic. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just that she had to like look in all these mirrors for eternity then. Yeah. And she still does. Wow. That's some scary stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so you got the next story, right?
1: Yes, I do. So I decided to go, well, I think this might be fiction, but I'm actually not sure. So it comes from a collection called True Irish Ghost Stories compiled by St. John D. Seymour B.D., author of Irish Witchcraft and Demonology, etc., And Harry L. Nelligan, D-I-R-I-C, in 1914. And basically, it's a collection, they claim, of stories written in to them by people from around Ireland.
0: Okay, we're sticking with the Ireland. We're sticking
1: with Ireland. So again, this is a book collection. Uh, I don't know if it was... Again, people doubt if it's how, how true it is, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna go with a few of the a few interesting stories uh, from this collection. There are a lot more, and I hope uh, to find a way to share share some more of these. Okay, potentially in the future. Um, so this is from an excerpt uh, from chapter two, Haunted Houses in Khan's Half. Ooh. I guess they divide up Ireland in like some way that had to do with like, there was a, a, a battle or a, a a leader in battle called Khan. And anyways, we're not going to get into all that, but.
0: Wonder if he knew Rock and B.
1: Maybe it's possible. All right, here we go. All right. Ghosts are no respecters of persons or places and take up their quarters where they are least expected. One can hardly imagine them entering um, an RIC barrack, and annoying the stalwart inmates thereof, yet more than one tale of a haunted police barrack has been sent to us. Nay, in its proper place, we shall relate the appearance of a deceased member of the quote-unquote force, uniform at all. The following are personal experiences contributed by an ex-RIC constable who requested that all names should be suppressed. The barrack of which I'm about to speak has now disappeared, owing to the construction of a new railway line. It was a three-story house with, a, with large, airy apartments and splendid accommodation. That's good. Uh, this particular night, I was on guard. After the constables had retired to their quarters, I took my pallets downstairs to the day room and laid on it two forms alongside two six-foot tables, which were placed end-to-end in the center of the room. As I expected a patrol in at midnight, and as other, another had been to be sent out when it arrived, I didn't promise myself a very restful night. So I threw myself on the bed, intending to read a bit, as there was a large lamp on the table. Scarcely had I commenced to read when I felt as I, if I was being pushed off the bed. At first I thought I must have fallen asleep. So to make sure, I got up, took a two, few turns around the room, and then deliberately laid down again and took up my book. Scarcely had I done so when the same thing happened, and though I resisted with all my strength, I was finally landed on the floor. The bed was close to the table, and the pushing came from that side, so that if anyone was playing a trick on me, they could not do so without being under the table. I looked, but there was no visible presence there. I felt shaky, but changed my couch to another part of the room and had no further unpleasant experiences." Many times after, I was on guard in the same room, but I always took care not to place my couch in that particular spot. One night, long afterwards, we were all asleep in the dormitory when we were awakened in the small hours of the morning by the guard rushing upstairs, dashing through the room and jumping into a bed in the farthest corner behind its occupant. Sorry, I just like that visual. Yeah. Um, There he lay gasping, unable to speak for several minutes, and even then we couldn't get a coherent account of what befell him. It appears he fell asleep and suddenly awoke to find himself on the floor and a body rolling over him. Several men volunteered to go downstairs with him, but he absolutely refused to leave the dormitory and stayed there till morning. Nor would he even remain downstairs at night without having a comrade with him. It ended in his applying for an exchange of stations. <laughs> Another time I returned off duty at midnight and after my comrade, a married sergeant, had gone outside to, to his quarters, I went to the kitchen to change my boots. There was a good fire on and it looked so comfortable that I remained toasting my toes on the hob and enjoying my pipe. The lockup was a clean, sorry, the lockup was a lean to one story building off the kitchen and was divided into two cells the one opening into the kitchen, the other into that cell. I was smoking away quietly when I suddenly heard inside the lockup a dull, heavy thud, just like the noise a drunken man would make by crashing down on all fours. I wondered who the prisoner could be as I didn't see anyone that night who seemed like a likely candidate for a free lodging. However, as I heard no other sound, I decided I would tell the guard in order that he might look after him. As I took my candle from the table, I happened to glance at the lockup, and to my surprise, I saw that the outer door was open. My curiosity being roused, I looked inside to find the inner door was also open. There was nothing in either cell except the two empty plank beds, and these were immovable as they were firmly fixed to the walls. I betook myself to the bedroom much quicker than I was in the habit of doing. All right, there's one more story at this barracks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mentioned that this barrack was demolished owing to the construction of a new railway line. It was the last obstacle removed, and in the meantime, workmen came from all points of the compass. One day, a powerful navy—I think that was like a, like a someone in the navy. I don't. I, I that's an American term. I don't know. Uh, somebody, a worker was the navy is, <laughs> is American term. N a v v y. Well, not an American oh, okay. term, but like it's not a it's not a capital N navyman. Like I don't know. So oh, okay. sorry, readers can explain that to, one to us, uh, was brought into the barrack, a total collapse from drink and absolutely helpless. After his neckwear was loosened, he was carried to the lockup and laid on the plank bed, the guard being instructed to visit him periodically, lest he should smother. He was scarcely half an hour there. This was in the early evening. When the most unmerciful screaming brought all hands to the lockup to find the erstwhile helpless man standing on the plank bed and grappling with a, to us, invisible foe. We took him out, and he maintained that a man had tried to choke him and was still there when we came to his relief. The strange thing was that he was shivering from fright and perfectly sober, though in the ordinary course of events, he would not be in that condition for at least seven or eight hours. The story spread like wildfire through the town, but the inhabitants were not in the least surprised. And one old man told us that many strange things happened in that house long before it became a police barrack. Wow. People have been telling these stories for a long time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And these this is the perfect Christmas then. I mean, Christmas stories, although they had nothing to do with Christmas, um these this is the perfect way to spend christmas is to talk about ghost stories and we are very thankful that you came along with us on this ride um we hope you is, tell
1: your own ghost stories
0: this is our third year doing this and i look forward to it every single year yeah so thank you for spending the holidays with us um make sure you tell a friend about ghostly as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement and Our next episode is going to be a, this is, I'm, I've been looking forward to this ever since we thought about it.
1: Yeah. We've had to put it off, but no more. Yeah.
0: So this one is going to be one of Bob's favorites.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Hopefully
0: we can get him on the show to talk (laughs) about this. We're going to be talking about Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell them about Annabelle real quick? Just
1: well, there's there's been a series of movies, um, but basically this is a haunted doll.
0: Yes. And Bob fears dolls. Yes. So, uh, the next episode will be out on January sixth. Mm-hmm. And then we have a lot more episodes planned out for the for the new year. We can't wait to tell you about them. We have. Three huge ones in a row, Mm -hmm. starting with Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to give anything away. um, But if you do join our membership on Buy Me a Coffee, you'll see what the three episodes are. So, Mm -hmm. Um, well, anyways, um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Blessed Yule. Happy Kwanzaa.
1: Happy Hanukkah. Happy yeah. happy mirror hot. Festivus Kwanzaa for the rest Kwanzaa. of us. Yeah, there you go. And anything you celebrate or don't, yeah, happy that. Better new year for all of us. Oh, I hope so. We can only hope, right? The planets align, some sort of age of Aquarius according to Mahela. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. So until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.